Come on and praise the Lord, everybody. He's never lost a battle. Hallelujah. Come on, stand to your feet this morning. Come on, let's lift up the name of Jesus. Father, we bless and honor your name today. Hallelujah. We give him all the glory. We give him all the praise. We give him all the honor. We bless him for who he is. Come on, clap your hands. He is holy, he's faithful, he's righteous, hallelujah, and we're going to bless him today, hallelujah, glory to God, come on. You are holy, 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 Father, you are holy, there is no one else like you, faithful. Father, you are faithful. We have put our trust in you. Our God who reigns. Our God who reigns. We praise your name. Praise to the only living God. Praise to the only faithful one. Hallelujah. We praise your name.
Come on, there is freedom. There is freedom to dance in your presence. Freedom to walk in liberty. Hallelujah. We praise your name.
and know my circumstance. Hallelujah. I don't even stand a chance.
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, let's continue to worship the Lord. Oh, let's continue to worship the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, he's worthy to be praised this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. There is a spirit of worship in this place this morning. And I don't know what you came here for this morning. You know, whatever you came here for this morning, whatever you tune in for this morning, God have something in store for you this morning. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Where would I be if it wasn't for his love? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We worship you this morning, oh God, because you're worthy. You're great. It's all right, church. Let's just take a few minutes and just worship the Lord this morning. Oh, hallelujah, we worship you this morning because you're worthy. You're worthy to be praised. Have your way this morning. 
Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen, amen, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. If you can, be seated. You may be, if you want to stand and just keep worshiping, that's all right also. Amen. There is a spirit of worship in this place. I just want to keep the Lord, you know, the Lord to continue to have his way in this place this morning. Amen. It's truly worthy and it's awesome and it deserves all the glory and all the honor. Amen. Praise God. Our God is a great God. He's mighty. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, whenever we hush in the presence of God, God is going to have his way. Whenever we just allow God to just have his way in this place, he's going to bless us. Whatever God has in store for us this morning, just open up your heart and receive it this morning. God has something in store for us this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord God. You are worthy. You are worthy to be praised. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise your name, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, church, let's just give the Lord a round of applause this morning. Let's just thank him for his blessing, his goodness, and what we're feeling in this place this morning. He's worthy this morning. He's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Well, we want to take this time out to welcome everyone this morning in Christ Center Church, to Christ Center Church. So glad to have everyone in the house of God to praise and to magnify the Lord with us. Amen. Our online congregation, we thank you for tuning with us this morning. We're so glad that you're all here in church this morning. I will pray that God will bless you all this morning. Amen. we in the blessing business, church. Amen. God is doing something in this hour. And amen. I want to be a part of whatever God is doing in this hour. Amen. I don't want to get left behind. I want to be ready that when the trumpet sound, I'll be ready to make heaven my, my home. Amen. And I want you also to make heaven your home. Amen. Because that's the reason why we're here. We're here to praise him. And we want God to have his way in our life and in our midst. Because he is worthy to be praised. Amen. Amen. So we welcome you this morning. So glad to see everyone in the house of God to praise and to magnify the Lord with us. Amen. Another beautiful day that the Lord has made and we are rejoicing in it. And we are glad. Amen. Because he has made us glad. Amen. He gave us a reason to praise him. And we're going to praise him this morning because it's great and greatly to be praised. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Take your pencil out. Take your notebook out. Amen. Brother Tom is going to come with a few announcements. So get ready with uh, whatever announcement, whatever dates that you want to jot down. Amen. Brother Tom will be going over that. Amen. Praise God. Good morning, church. This, this morning um, I started the 9 o'clock service with, with uh, someone greeting me in a way I hadn't heard in a while. And it brought something to mind. And so I'm going to just say a couple more things. Um, on that note, um, the circumstances that have occurred over the past year have been somewhat complicated. But our mindset uh, in prayer with the Lord was to carry on and do the best we could to continue to do what the Lord had us to do. And so what, we, had, we had basement church. We haven't talked about that. We've had basement church. One day we'll talk about that and, and when we're talking about the old days. 
there's a couple people in the congregations this morning, uh, those of you online, that haven't been with us for a while. And we're so grateful to see them. Um, on Thursday, we had Bible study. A family walked in here that we'd never seen before. They had researched us. They came and found us. There was a powerful move of God on Thursday night. My goodness, the Lord is telling us that we need to carry forward with what we're to do as we come to know him more. So I'm inviting you to join us for all these things that I'm about to announce. Uh, We're doing our best. I'm I'm wearing a mask. I have a disposable uh, cover on on my microphone. And we're doing all these things to keep people safe. Join us. The audiovisual seminar that we've been doing on the third Sunday is on for today, uh, 1.45 this afternoon. Those of you that are involved in that ministry, those of you that are interested in being involved in that ministry, see Brother Scarlett uh, so you can get the link. It's a, it's a Zoom meeting. Um, one of the things that I would like to draw attention to today is uh, the CSTI class that we are, many of us are involved in. I did a quick tally Um, Not too long ago, we've had over two dozen of uh, members of this congregation as well as a few other local congregations join us over the past four years while we have been uh, a satellite facility. And uh, that is going to carry on. Uh, The next term begins today. Uh, The terms, uh, it's a a trimester um, session. And so three different uh, segments over the course of the year, the last piece for this year starts today. And what I'm inviting you to do is to consider doing this. This is a wonderful Bible study uh, possibility. Uh, Christian Service Training Institute is in California. And they offer um, a virtual um, opportunity for those around the country. We were one of the first. Uh, We were actually number five. We got involved in the very first year. There's over two dozen. I think there's almost 30 now. There was 20 the last time I counted. But nonetheless, uh, around the country, there are students all over the place. You can jump in when you want. Uh, There's a couple in uh, in here who have um, uh, been involved for a couple of sessions one year, then a couple of sessions the next year. Um, The idea being is that over the course of time, you can earn yourself uh, not not necessarily the degree, because I'm not in it for a piece of paper. What I'm in it for is to know God more. And so you have that opportunity, and you come see me, or you can go to the website, which is um, CSTI San Diego, and check them out, and then come find us, and we'll get you involved. One of the things that triggered the comments that I made this morning and, um, and, and today is that uh, one year ago, we had planned to do something kind of special. Uh, the, the men do something kind of regular. We often go out to restaurants to eat. Men like to eat. And so uh, we were going to do something right here in the sanctuary. We're going to just do a taco night and uh, invite everybody in and just do that. So um, exactly one year, uh, this coming Friday, we're going to have Fajita Friday. um, And uh, we will, uh, hopefully, you guys can join us. If you haven't gotten the the prompt from me, um, hit me up. I'll send it to you. It's just I didn't have your number to send it to you. Um, but if not, just drop in Friday, 730, right here in the sanctuary. Um, the following day on the 27th, uh, the men from the New Jer- Central Jersey District, North, North Central Jersey District, will be gathering together for the men's ministry. That will be in Secaucus. It's on uh, Saturday, the 27th, from 11 to 1. I'll send you a note if you'd like. The same day, there's going to be a ladies' conference. 
The ladies' conference will be in um, Irvington at the Apostolic Tabernacle. Um, that's also on Saturday the 27th from 11 to 1. Um, while I'm on that, there's a second ladies' conference that's coming. It's going to be in April. Um, it's uh, the 16th and the 17th of, of April. We're bringing in a, a speaker from uh, the United Pentecostal Church. Uh, she's in the leadership of ministry area. And uh, Sister Nicola will have all that information about the ladies. Um, please, uh, or, or just text us or, or, or email us to the church and someone will get back at you. Um, some upcoming events. We have um, prayer breakfast on um, Saturday the 3rd, uh, this coming Saturday the 3rd, following prayer breakfast. Um, uh, that's two weeks away. We will have our first outreach event of the year. Uh, we've been doing some other outreach events through the cold months, but as things are starting to get warm again, um, Saturday the 3rd, um, outreach right after prayer meeting. And then that next day, Two weeks from now will be Resurrection Sunday. It's To me, it's just baffling that it's already Easter. And so here we are. But nonetheless, um, we're going to celebrate with the Lord that day. Amen. Have a great day. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. There is a lot going on, and it's, you know, um, I encourage it. I'm encouraging everyone to, you know, follow us um, with the announcement and everything that's going on. If you don't remember what's going on, I just want to echo a couple of things that Brother Tom said. Um, the first thing is um, our music uh, ministry meeting today at 1.45. Please tune in if you don't have the link and you want to be a part of it. Please either grab me right after church. I can forward the information. I was going over the project, um, our organization, they put on, um, they have a music um, program in the, uh, as part of what they offer to the churches and to the congregation, and we have a subscription that we do on an annual basis, and they have a lot of information there, a lot of details, and I'll definitely like to um, uh, encourage everyone, if you can be want to be a part of it to definitely uh, see me after church a um, lot of information and uh, also I want to echo again ab about uh, brother Tom made mention about um, the CSTI Christian Training Institute that we have here um, it's imperative there is a lot of us that will be moving on after this semester and we would encourage you as he said is not in it for a piece of paper but it is in it for the knowledge that you gain and when i said knowledge there is a lot of information and i want to encourage in all of you, you you know to to be a part of it to sign up why because there's so much information that our little finite mind cannot comprehend all the information so we have it in our binders and our folders and we you know get these information so i would definitely encourage you to pass it on to you friends if you know someone that want to get more information encourage them to sign up for csti that will certainly do you good amen and amen and then one other thing that he also um that i i don't think he had mentioned but i want to also echo that in april also we'll be having our district uh meeting up in sea caucus where you know most of the services will be you know um we're going to be zooming it online 
um, or it's going to be, I think it's going to be on FaceTime, Facebook. Um, so that's going to be on Facebook, some of the social media out there. So I'd also encourage you to, to, to be a part of what's going on. Um, you know, God is doing something in this hour. And the other thing that I want to mention also before I get in ready for offering, I'm looking in the congregation this morning and I noticed there is a lot of babies. And I don't know if you see what I'm saying. And I, 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 I'm going somewhere. So, so yeah, what's happening in this hour? There, there are a lot of babies that are coming up. And we love babies. You know, God is br- bringing to the church, church, I should be saved. And we are in a time where, you know, if we don't have babies, we're not going to grow. We're going to stop growing. So just like we need a spiritual word to continue to grow, we need a natural bird to continue to grow. Amen. So, so nothing wrong with, you know, the families, the husband and wife. You know, if God bless you, you can have children. Go ahead and have them. You know, we have home for all your children. If you can't afford to have them, go ahead and have them. Amen. Amen. Because it's exciting and it brings joy. Amen. It brings a lot of joy to our family. And oh my God, nothing more than a little baby where you can just, you know, smooch together and just kiss them. You know, nothing like that. Amen. But the, the reason behind that is it's, it's offering time. And when I say it's offering time, is, you know, we, we're trying to, you know, get a building which is going to cost us, you know, uh, $1.7 million. And uh, we're going to put it out there because, you know, the problem that we have in it's not a Christ-centered church problem. It's a Jesus problem. Amen. And he's the only one that can fix it. Amen. Amen. So what I'm saying is that if there is someone out there that wants to continue to be blessed, if someone out there that wants to write a check for $1.7 million, you know, we're encouraging you to do so. In fact, you know, when I was listening to the news last week and they said, okay, they had extended, um, you know, your tax return date when you can file for, which is a good thing. Hopefully there's someone listening, at my, uh, listening to me this morning. They extended to May 15 instead of April 15. Then maybe some people still have to file by April 15. Um, so if you want to be a tax write-off and you want to write $1.7 million, you know, you write it to Christ Center Church. Or in fact, I can go further than that. You can go to the settlement table, make sure your name is on the deed. So if you're listening to me on our online congregation and you want to bless us, feel free to be a blessing. Amen. God will bless you in return. Amen. Amen. So we're going to invite you all, if you could stand with us at this time. Amen. While we continue to worship the Lord. Praise God. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Just bow your heads with us as we pray this morning. Father God, we love you, Lord God. We thank you for what we're feeling in this service this morning. We thank you for your blessings, for your goodness, for your love. We thank you, Lord God, for being with us this morning, O God. We ask your blessing, O God. We ask your covering. We ask your protection upon us, O God. As we receive this morning's offering, we ask you, Lord God, to bless everyone, Lord God. Bless every givers. Those who have to give, those who have not likewise, make a way so they too can be a blessing, Lord God. And for that man or that woman or for that family out there, Lord God, that want to bless us with $1.7 million, Lord God. I pray and ask you, Lord God, to touch that person, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that they too will be a part of what you're doing in this hour. We give you all the glory and all the honor as we continue to worship you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. You can see Brother Jordan over there if you're paying electronically. If you want to pay an online, you can go uh, to uh, Cash App, the dollar sign CCC 2711. Continue to worship with us in Jesus' name. Amen.
Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise like you mean it. Come on, if you mean it, clap your hands unto the Lord. We're not a we're not at a sporting event. We're in the house of the Lord. Come on, thank him this morning. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. Good to be in the house of the Lord. My goodness, I can't contain myself this morning. Good to see some faces. Just seeing the faces make me just want to tell you. Good to see everybody this morning. God bless you all. Amen. Amen. Start walking around this morning. Let the spirit rub off on some people so I can see them a whole lot more. <laughs> I'm going to try to control myself. Janice, I'm going, to, I'm going to control myself, all right? I'm just glad to see you. That's all. I'm going to try to control myself. We got to see the new baby. Man, that's how long you stay away from the house of the Lord, from your home. You know, baby come and well, at least you brought the baby. So I'm happy. I'm not even going to be bad about that, you know. It's good that, you know, to bring the baby in the house of the Lord. So, you know, uh, it's all good. Let me see the baby. What's happening? It's me. You're going to hear a whole lot of my, tell them you want to hear a whole lot of my, you see, that voice sound right, right? Make sure you tell them to bring you in the house of the Lord. Cry every Sunday and just whine a whole lot. Every Sunday, just cry. Oh, I'm bald, unless you're in the house of the Lord. <laughs> oh, it's good to see all of you in the house of the Lord this morning. I'm so glad to see you. Love you all. Appreciate you. Thank God for you. Amen. And as Brother Scarlett mentioned, we're doing everything we can to be safe um, because Corona didn't go anywhere. I said this morning, I said, we have determined as a people, as a society, we have determined that we're done with Corona and we're just going to go back to normal. Don't lie. That's what we have decided. We're done with Corona. We're going back to normal. We'll wear our mask because we can't get into certain places without wearing our mask. But but really, we have decided that we're done with Corona. You go out to all the establishment and it's operating like Corona don't exist. I'm telling you. But I want to say, I say that to say, be safe. No matter what everyone else is doing, be safe. Because all it takes is for one person to get infected. And then all of a sudden, it just start moving. It start moving. And before you know it, you're like, oh, you know, we don't want any more shutdowns. We want to just keep on going. So no matter what everyone else is doing, still be safe. For those of you that are getting the, the, the vaccination, great. Stay safe. And do everything that you can that you do not contract the virus. And when you are coming to church, if you don't feel tip-top notch physically, you know, any kind of, you know, feeling that's not good, I am encouraging you to stay right where you are. (laughs) And don't leave the house. Because we've got live stream. And you can get on live stream and be a part of the service And whatever you need to experience, God will allow you to experience it right there. We just want to be safe. So um, if you don't feel good, if you feel any kind of symptoms at all, um, stay home. Um, We have our nurses in the back, and they're taking your temperature. So we're trying to make sure that we're doing what we can to stay safe. But I tell you this, if, if, if you don't manage yourself and pay attention and make sure, you know, uh, you only come if you feel well, 
uh, if you come in, uh, that could just be just totally messed up for everybody because, uh, you know, contact tracing is real. And so if you uh, get infected, now they got to, you know, trace everybody you've been in contact with. And that's a challenge. And in the place where you are, they got to clean and clean and wipe down and electro cleaning and all of this stuff. So it's a whole lot when someone, uh, you know, show up and didn't know or may not have paid attention and, um, uh, you know, had the uh, virus. So be safe and be careful. And we'll do the same here. But Corona didn't go anywhere. It's not gone. And so regardless of, uh, you know, the increase of capacity for um, facilities, Corona is still around. And so don't don't let um, yourself be uh, careless in any way. Let Corona know you are being careful. <laughs> Amen. Good to see everyone. Anybody ready for the preaching of the word or you just want to hang out? Uh, you want to hang? I mean, uh, want to hang? You, you want to hear preaching states? All right, I'm just saying, I just, you know, sometimes, you know, we just want to hang. You want me to sing? I almost sang this morning. Gabby sang this morning. Amen, Gabby. Appreciate the Lord working in her and through her. Thank you, praise singers. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Good good to see you, uh, John Carlo and Michelle. Always good to see y'all. Amen. Appreciate y'all. Who's Rose? <laughs> He's got to see them all the time. John Carl, you don't have a sense of direction, huh? Oh, somebody know how to get here in time? Okay, all right. Submitted to his madness. <laughs> you let her drive. Okay, got to get here in time. Let Michelle drive. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Well, let's get right into the word of the Lord. If you will stand with me. Welcome our online congregation. We have an awesome online congregation. I really love and appreciate them. And uh, Paul Brantley, I talked about you this morning at the 9 a.m. service because, you know, your wife was here making it known that she's here. And unfortunately, you're not here. And so, you know, she just wanted to, to show her face and we appreciate it. But Ms. Deborah Brantley certainly showed up this morning. So we took care of her. So let me, um, in case she haven't texted you yet or call you, she is not in this service, Paul. She's not in this service. She and your daughter, they left here. Now, I have no clue where they're going, but if you want to check in with them, you can check in with them because they're not in this service. So if they tell you they stayed at both services, check your pocketbook. Check your pocketbook. They're not in this service. They probably went to spend money. Telling it. Because Paul Brantley, my friend. That's right. I love Paul Brantley. Love Deborah. I love their family. Amen. Maybe Lily is on taking care of daddy, but we appreciate them and glad to have Miss Deborah here this morning. Amen. And all of our family that is online tuning in, we are grateful to have you being a part of Christ Centered Church. Amen. Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26, hallelujah, we'll read verse 31 through 35, then we'll read verse 40 and 41, then we'll read verses 69 through 75, you didn't know it went all the way up to 75, did you, Matthew chapter 26, 
Well, I want to make a point in the reading of the word of God this morning. So that's why I wanted to give you all of those texts so we can make sure we're following what the scripture says. Let's read in Matthew 26, verse 31. Then said Jesus unto them, all ye shall be offended because of me this night, for it is written, I will smite the shepherd and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I am risen again, I will go before you in Galilee. Peter answered and said unto him, listen to Peter, though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. I can talk about this all day, this statement right here. Anytime. This is in life. This is a major, major point I'm making here. Listen to me make this point. Anytime in life you try to make yourself better than others, you're going to pay a price. This is bigger than you're thinking. I know we're in the house of the Lord. That's any time in your life or in society, we try to make anyone else better than us. Or we better than them. We're going to find out something. I don't get involved with anything that make myself better than anyone else because I'm not. And so when we read this, Peter made himself better than everyone. Because Jesus said, all would be offended because of me. Peter stepped to the side and said, not me though. Be careful. When you're trying to make everybody else seem like they're less than you. Very important. Very important. Even our world sometimes. We have to watch that. We're making other scenes less than us. Or we're more than somebody else. It's not that way. It's not the way Jesus sees it. Verse number 33. I'll read again. Peter answered and said unto him. Though all men shall be offended. Because of thee, yet will I never be offended. Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, that this night before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. Peter said, here go Peter again. Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Peter is saying that I would rather die with you as opposed to deny you. I will not. That's how that's how much Peter was saying. Everybody else will. But me, before I do that, I'll die. That's what he's saying. Before I deny you like everybody else will, because I'm not like everybody else. I'm Peter. And before I deny you, I'd rather die. Let them all deny you because they're different. I'm, I'm better than they are. I won't deny you. They might deny you, but I won't. Church, if you don't get anything out of this lesson today, get that point that the moment you start thinking you're better than or somebody's less than you, watch it. You're going to get jammed up. You will. That's that's Bible. Matthew 26, same 26, jump down to verse 40. It says, and he cometh unto the disciples and findeth them asleep and said unto Peter, what could ye not watch with me? One hour? This is a text that most 
pastors and preachers and churches used to say, we should at least try to pray for one hour a day because we see that. Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Jump down to verse 69. Here we go now. Now Peter sat without in the palace, and a damsel came unto him, saying, Thou also was with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied before them all, saying, I know not what thou sayest. And when he was gone out into the porch, another maid saw him and said unto them that were there, This fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. And again, he denied with an oath, I do not know the man. Verse 73, and after a while came unto him, they that stood by and said to Peter, surely thou also art one of them, for thy speech bereath thee. They said, the way you speak, we know you connected to Jesus. Stir that up in the pot as well. Can somebody tell you are a Christian by the way you speak? Verse 74, then began he to curse. This is Peter now. Then began he to curse. This is why probably some people is cussing today and say, I'm still a Christian though. Peter tough. <laughs> then began he to curse and to swear saying, I know not the man. And immediately the cock crew. And Peter remembered the word of Jesus which said unto him, before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and wept bitterly. Because though all men shall deny you, Jesus, me? Nah. I'm not like them. Nah. You know I handle my business different, Jesus. I'm better than them. And as we read through, we see, just as Jesus said it, it happened because he can't lie. His word is true and it shall and will come to pass. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, ah, your word, oh God, is already settled. And today, Lord God, we seek you to speak to our hearts in a powerful way, in a miraculous way that, Lord, we will not leave this sanctuary, leave this service the same way we came. But, Lord, I pray that the gifts of the Spirit will operate, the power of God will move us, and that, Lord, we will hear what the Spirit is saying unto us. I pray, God, that change will take place within us, and that, Lord God, we will receive instructions that will carry us through no matter what we're dealing with. I pray today that the power of God will work in me and through me to preach your word with conviction and with love and with passion. And oh God, and the hearers will hear what the Spirit is saying. Lord, bless us and do a work in this place before we leave. In Jesus' name, let us all say amen. 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 You may be seated. I want to talk to you on this topic this morning. Don't let your failure... Or don't let failure define you. Don't let failure define you. Tell your neighbor, don't let failure define you. Tell your next neighbor, don't let failure define you. Amen. 
Hallelujah. We usually point to Peter as the one who had failed the Lord Jesus, but all of the disciples were involved. So we 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 blame and and talk about Peter all the time. Like Peter, you're the one that denied Jesus. But if you read the scriptures closely, you saw that not only did Peter deny Jesus, but all the other disciples denied Jesus as well. When the Lord Jesus told Peter he would deny him three times, Peter disagreed with the Lord. This was the beginning of his failure and sin of denying the Lord. Jesus told Peter, you're going to deny me three times. And instead of Peter realize that's Jesus's word and he cannot lie. And whatever he says will and shall come to pass. He allowed whatever he was feeling. He allowed whatever he was thinking to be greater than the word of God. Church, we can't let our emotions. We can't let our intellect. We can't let anything be greater than the word of God in our life. Because if we do, we're going to fail. And if we continue, we will continue in failure. Peter has proven that to us. Peter was unwilling to apply the word all to himself. Instead of reassuring Peter, the Lord Jesus gave him a personal warning. You will deny me three times, Peter. The Lord told him. And instead of him heeding to the word of God and says, oh, snap. Man, I'm going to deny the Lord. He tried to make himself better. Not me, Lord. So something was working in Peter that wasn't good. To make him think, if the master is telling him that, why he thinks, not him. Peter thought he was better than the other men. I can't tell you how much, church, even sometimes when you don't say you're better than someone, when you start speaking disparagingly about them, you're doing what Peter did. Because Peter didn't say he was better than them, but what he did say was he's better than them. (laughs) So what Peter said was, they might deny you, but I'm not going to deny you. As a matter of fact, you and I are so tight, and I feel so strongly about my relationship with you, I will die with you before I deny you. But they, on the other hand, they're not going to die with you, and they might deny you. He he, He didn't say that he was better than them. But he did. Be careful of your conversation. When you put it out there like they might be doing that. Me? Mm -mm. I don't do that kind of stuff. I can't tell you enough, church, how what we tend to do is look at what people do that we wouldn't do and then criticize them for it. But never stop to think about what we're doing. You follow me? So we look out there and we said, Oh, my goodness, how could they dare? I cannot believe that. Why would they do such a thing? You know why? Because how you were raised, all of your experiences that you have had says that that's just, you can't do that. And that's fine. But are you talking about the stuff you're doing? Are you talking about the stuff you're doing that they wouldn't do? We're not understanding this life. Like everybody is doing something. 
We might not be doing the same things, but everybody's doing something. So don't just separate yourself like you're all clean. I'm good, but they're not good. Everybody's doing something. And I feel bad for those that get offended by that. You get offended at what that what I just said in that say that everybody does something. You get offended, you in trouble. Because you're doing the Peter. What do you mean everybody? I'm not everybody. <laughs> Peter thought he was better than the other men, and Jesus told him he would be even more cowardly than the other men not just act like he was better but he would be cowardly more than all the other men peter's denial of christ was the climax of 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 series series of failure when the lord first warned peter that he would be tested by satan peter affirmed his faith and his ability to remain true to the lord in pride Peter argued with the word of God. He even dared compare himself to the other disciples and affirm that though they might fall, he would remain upright. Mm -hmm. That's what he said. The crowning, or should I say the crowing of the cock, reminded Peter of the words of Jesus. Had Peter remembered and obeyed the word, he would never have denied his Lord. But he went right against it. What he should have said when Jesus said, you're going to deny, okay, Lord, you know it all, but he didn't. Peter may have made this declaration that he would not deny Jesus due to his love for Jesus. I get that part. That might be the good part. However, I don't know if that's still good, because if you love God, it means you you know something about him. And you know whatever he says, it shall and it will come to pass. So I don't know about that one. But 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 I'm going to give Peter the credit and say, yes, uh, he might have been kind of out there like that because he loved Jesus. The other thing, too, though, is we know he made that statement. From a place of reliance upon his own ability. He thought, I'm spiritual. I'm strong. I know I'm good. I know I'm righteous. I know I'm holy. And so he's relying on his ability. And that might have been an issue. Also, he was ignorant of himself. And how that when trial come. We're going to be surprised that we have weaknesses. Sometimes we don't even realize what our weaknesses are until we're in a trial. Sometimes we think we've got it all together. We've got it all figured out. And then the trial come and you get exposed. And then you're looking to blame someone without just stopping to say, wow, I didn't realize I had that weakness. I didn't realize that's something that I wasn't good at, that I thought I was good at. I didn't realize that. I just thought, hey, I was the man, I was the woman. Peter's failure should teach us a few things. It should teach us that being familiar with Jesus don't mean you're not going to fail. 
Peter taught us that though we may be familiar with Jesus, it doesn't mean we will not fail. Peter probably will be more familiar with Jesus than any of us in this room will ever be. He still failed. He still failed. It should teach us that all promises that we make, it better be relied upon Jesus to aid us for us to keep that promise. If you're making a promise, you better know in your mind that I'm making this promise, but I'm only going to be able to keep it by relying on Jesus that he will aid me to keep this promise, but not because I can keep it on my own. We should learn. Here's a big one. That Christians may be left to great disgrace and sin to show their weaknesses. All of us. I'm not talking about before you get saved. I'm talking about after you get saved. Are going to go through a time of failure that you're going to feel disgraced. If you really live for God, that is. If you want to play, play, live for God. Straddle the fence, live for God. Then maybe not. But if you seriously try to live for God, you're going to go through some things. I can think in my mind when I got saved. I'm not going to give you all the details. But I remember in my mind when I got saved. I heard some people that said they were saved saying certain things. And in my mind, I said, I could never ate those words. I ate those words. Ate those words. Ate those words. Man, I learned an early part of my walk that we're all going to go through some stuff that's going to show us you ain't got it all together. Don't think you better than anybody else. Don't think your faith is so strong that you can't mess up. All of us that is going to live for God, will have that situation in their life. The question is, what will happen when you have that experience? What will happen to you when you have that experience? But you're going to have the experience if you truly live for God. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 says, There had no temptation taken you but such as is common to man. So let's stop right there. It says every temptation that have come in your life, all of us, it's common. Don't think that uh, you get tempted, you get in a situation, but 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 that other. You know, we, we do that all the time. I don't want to take up much of your time, but there's so much here to unpack. And and we do this all the time. You know, we 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 watch people get jammed up and and we we we, we look at them and says, man, what's going on with them? And not realize that all of us are going to get jammed up. Because temptation is common to human beings. Okay? Not the dogs and cats and all that stuff. Human beings. And so temptation has come to all of us. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able. So let me explain this to you. We like to quote that. God will not put more on me than I can bear. Here is something that you missed in all of that. You don't know how much you can bear. 
you don't know how much you can bear. So you can imagine in your mind what you can bear. You can, you can, you can begin to picture, well, I know this and I don't make the same mistake as Peter. Because you don't know what you can bear. Only the one who created you knows what you can bear. So he is the one that determines what kind of temptation he will allow to come in your life and where he draws the line for you. Because he knows what you can bear. But sometimes you start running all, you start running, or you, 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 you underestimate whatever you do, thinking that you can or you can't handle it, but you don't know. This is why instead of you attempting to figure out what you can and can't do, you just say, Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. I don't understand this. I don't have it all figured out. I don't have it all together. I know I've been praying. I know you strengthened me and I know you're for me, but I don't know if I can handle all of this. Lord, I need you. You know, when you can't say that to the Lord, you know, that's pride and you know, pride is a sin. And you know, if you got pride in your life, you can't move forward in Christ. So you better get comfortable with saying, Lord, I need you and, and be OK with it. Lord, I can't handle this without you. Uh huh. So no temptation has been uh, is, is uncommon to us. And 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 God will not uh, suffer you to be tempted above what you're able. But listen to this now. It says, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape. Here's another thought. You don't know how God will make the way of you escaping. We tend to jump the gun all the time, going before the Lord, thinking that we have an idea what will work. You ever find yourself doing I've done that. You ever find yourself doing that? Thinking that you kind of understand a little bit how this needs to be worked out. And so you jump the gun and start trying to work it out on your own. And just all you do is make a bigger mess. Because really and truly, if God says he will make the way, then let him make the way. You stop trying to help him make the way. We, we, we try to help God make the way. Like, like the, the Bible says, he is the way. Why are we trying to help him with the way? He is the way. And so we just entangle ourselves up more trying to help him make the way. And so when we're in the situation, when we're consumed by it, when it's overpowering us, the bottom line is just stay still and talk to Jesus. Don't you try to do anything more than that. If not, you're going to make your stay in that situation longer and more intense because you're trying to figure it out and you're not the way. And so he said he will make a way of escape. So a lot of people thought that when they read that scripture, that God is so good that they would not get into no situation because he will just make a way for me to get out of the situation and not have to deal with it. Well, hear me this morning. That scripture really is telling you that you will get into a situation and it will you will be entangled in that situation. And God is going to have to make the way of escape for you out of that situation. I said to them this morning, why would God need to make a way for you if you're not in a bad situation where there's no way. If you're just living for God, generally not doing anything wrong, walking with him, following him, you already in the way. So you don't know, you don't need to come up with a way because you're already following. You're in the way. You're in Christ. So if you're not jammed up and messed up in a situation, you don't need God to show you no way. Because he is the way if you're living for him. 
So when he says he will make a way of escape, it means you are in a situation. And so here's a perfect analogy of him making a way of escape, Cheryl. The three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The king says, if you don't bow down and worship me, I'm going to throw you in the fiery furnace. And they said, we will not bow down to you. And so guess what? They were thrown in the fiery furnace. And then the Bible says, while they were in the fire, didn't we throw three men in the fire? But we're looking and we see like a fourth man in the fire. And so now they see four walking around in the fire. They can't see because it's smoky, it's hot, and they're wondering what's going on. That's the way of escape. He went and joined them in there and says, while it's smoky, while it's burning, while it's hot, I'm going to make sure it doesn't affect you. And so when God said he will make a way of escape, it means you are already in the situation, but he will help you or be with you and get you out eventually. But don't think you're going to always circumvent or get around to say, oh, you will be ensnared by the situation sometimes. Quiet in here. Is it quiet online too? <laughs> Tell the online people, Crystal, it's quiet in here with that statement. Tell me what's going on online, Crystal, please. Ask Paul Brantley what's going on because it's quiet in here. Temptation come into every believer's life. No one is exempt from temptation. Sometimes in our temptation, we fail and sin. Other times, we may come out of it with some failure, but probably not sin. Believers must not be shocked or discouraged or think that they are alone in their shortcomings and failures. I'm helping you again. Peter made the statement, and for some of us, we probably would not end up like Peter. Because when you go out there all the time trying to belittle people and make yourself pump yourself up, when you finally get your day where you get embarrassed and disgraced, you, some people don't recover from that. Your pride make you not recover from that. Because you know how you used to make people feel and you used to talk down to people. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden now you're doing the things that you told them, oh, that's me. I'll never. And now you're in that situation and you never get, a, get to get out of that situation because your pride is keeping you in it. Because you were so on your high horse talking how they were so wrong and how could they. And now you can't get out because you can't get out. When pride is rule, ruling in your life. Because you can't have pride and call on Jesus at the same time. Oh. You can't have pride and call on Jesus at the same time. Because your pride would not allow you to call on Jesus. Your pride will not allow you to pray. So when you, when you, when you have pride and you pray, you're really not praying. Because your pride don't allow you to pray. Your pride say, well, I mean... He better do this. He God. And so it's not prayer. So pride don't allow you to pray. So as long as you have pride going on in you, you will never ever have a way of escape out of your situation. 
It's not until you humble yourself. It's not until you get rid of pride and everything else and say, God, I need you. If not, you're going to stay in a situation. I remember, Janice. I remember. You'll understand this. You don't know this. I won't even give you my name because if I give you my if I give you my nickname and go ask around in Trenton, you'll know about me, and I don't want you to know about me. I don't want you to know about me. But because of who I used to be in the streets, when I came to church, still had the little coolness in me. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm cool still in church, and I'm in church doing my thing. And I start to feel the touch of God a little bit and all that stuff. And I'm trying my best to, you know, still receive the touch of God, but still keep my coolness. And so that's how I've been. I rolled for a little bit like that. And then God just kept working on my heart, working on my heart. I keep learning the word of God. I got working on my heart. And finally, man, God just moved on me in a powerful way. And Janice, guess what I end up doing? I wanted the spirit of God, the Holy Ghost power. I wanted to be filled with the Spirit of God. You know, the Bible talks about filling with the Spirit, speaking with tongues. I wanted that, right? But I couldn't get it. You know why I couldn't get it, Janice? Because I had coolness in me, pride. And so I couldn't get it. Because here is what my cool pride said. I ain't, I ain't, I ain't trying to let nobody see me with my hands all lifted. Here's what my coolness, I ain't let nobody see me with no little tear coming down. Please, I'm, I ain't doing that. And so for months... Nothing happening for me. No power moving in me. And finally, I just got tired of just being that way. And I just lift my hand. And I started worshiping and praising God. And God filled me with the Holy Ghost. I started speaking with tongues. And guess what, Janice? I started crying in front of people. Lord have mercy. Cooled me crying in front of people. I mean, I was cold as ice when I was not in Christ. And now all of a sudden, I got filled with God's spirit, and now I'm crying in front of people. Tears coming down. Stop! I'm like, you got to be kidding me, Lord. Janice, I'm driving in my car, going to work. Just driving. Listen to Christian music, and I'm crying. I'm like, this is crazy. I mean, losing my I'm like, why is this happening to me? Why am I crying? I'm cool. But Janice, once I got past that, and I was okay crying in front of people, and I was okay and lifting my hands in front of people, and I was okay with whatever people want to say about me. Once I got to that point, and I realized, man, God is working in my life, I didn't care less what they thought, and I was just enjoying it. And you can talk about me when I cry. You can talk about me when I lift my hands. You can talk about me when I get on my knees. You can talk about me when I run around the church. You can talk about me when I dance for God. You can talk about me how I sing. I don't care what you want to think about me now, because God has cleansed me and purged me and showed me how good he is and I'm going to try to do as much as I can to obey him. As long as I was cool, I couldn't receive the Holy Ghost. I'm one of those people I got baptized in February. It was cold. I didn't get the Holy Ghost till it was hot. So I think I got the Holy Ghost like in July somewhere. July, August, probably around that time I got the Holy Ghost. 
I got baptized. It was cold out. But the coolness was still on me. Still had the coolness. Still. <laughs> it wasn't until it was warm outside that I got the Holy Ghost. So I've learned the hard way that your pride will keep you from God working in your life. And your pride just means you won't respond to God for whatever the reason is. Whatever the reason is, you won't respond for whatever it is. You, you don't want people to think anything. All of that stuff is pride, even though you don't think that I'm telling you that. I've gone through it. Gone through it. I've gone through wanting God to fill me with his spirit a certain way. God. So, so many times I went to the altar. I went to the altar to pray. My wife would tell you, and I'd go, I, when, when they called altar call, I wanted the spirit of God. So what I would do, I would try to get up here first and get to a corner, get to the corner of the altar where nobody can come. So if God do fill me with the spirit in the corner, nobody can see. Y'all think I'm kidding in here. I'm telling you the truth. So I would go to the corner every service, altar call. God going to give me the Holy Ghost today. So in my mind, I'm thinking God's supposed to give me the Holy Ghost, but I didn't realize pride was still working in me. I'm in the corner. I don't want anybody to see. Why don't I want anybody to see me receiving the Holy Ghost, crying, talking with tongues? Why? Why? Because I'm worried about who I am. I'm worried about my reputation. That's what I was doing. And it wasn't until I realized now my reputation is in Christ. It's no longer in the streets. That's when it changed. And so whatever you're guarding to keep your reputation, it's keeping you from where God wants to take you. Whatever it is, however you want to defend it, it's keeping you. From what God wants to do. Listen to me. Whether you fail or not. God will make a way for you. If you just decide. I'm not going to let pride or anything get in the way. I don't care how bad the failure is. God will make a way for you. Many of us have. Are. And will experience failures. In our life. It may be a relationship failure. It may be a failed marriage. It may be a failed business venture or backsliding in your relationship with Christ. It may be sexual indiscretion. It may be misrepresentation of self-lying. It may be refusing to obey your call to ministry, doing a poor job as a servant of God, or very low commitment to Christ, or anything. It could be anything. But Many of us, all of us, will face failures at some point in time. Just keep on living. You're going to face failure. But don't let failure define you. Don't let failure define you. Hear me, church. Don't let failure define you. I went through all of that to tell you we're all going to fail. And if we're going to expect to get out of our failure, we need to not let pride keep us in it. But we need to call on Jesus. Don't let failure define you. Failure should be our teacher, not our undertaker. 
Failure is a delay, not defeat. Failure is a temporary detour, not a dead end street. We cannot let failure define who we are. We missed a couple Sundays, and now we let guilt from the devil tell us, I don't even know why you're going. What, what you going for? Look how long you ain't been going. And what you get when you go anywhere? You got to tell that devil, devil, you crazy. All I got to do is one call to Jesus. And Jesus will help me. So I don't care what you tell me. I don't care if I've only been one time last year or one time in the past two years. I'm going in the house of the Lord. I am going to seek the Lord. I am going to call on his name. I'm going to pray. I'm not letting no voice keep me away from the house of the Lord, from the presence of God. I will not allow it. And neither should you. Don't you allow it. Don't you allow it. I'm getting ready to show you how much God loves you. Don't you allow it. Failure is an act or instance of failing or proving unsuccessful. Lack of success. That's dictionary.com. Failure of failing to perform a duty or expected action. And that's Webster. Don't let failure define you. You can You will overcome failure. Failure is not your identity, nor is it your destiny. Failure is not your identity, nor is it your destiny. Don't you rest in failure. Don't you live in failure. Don't you settle in failure. Let me show you something about what you can do to make sure failure don't continue in your life. I'm getting ready to close up here. Luke 22. I'm going to give you, or should I say Luke is going to give you another perspective of the same scenario that Matthew gave us. But remember what I told you about the gospel. This is very important that you understand about the way how the gospels are written. They're called synopsis, gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They're similar. But here is what I say all the time. These three writers They follow the life of Christ. But we are always going to write according to what draws us in. And Luke was a physician for real. He was a physician for real. So he writes a little bit more detail. So stuff that the general public might just look at like, okay, it's just a general thing to them. In Luke's mind, he's looking a little closer. He's looking a little bit more detailed about things. So here is something Luke picked up on when he was watching Jesus that Matthew Even if he picked up on it, he didn't write about it. Here is what Luke wrote because he picked up on something. Luke chapter 22, verse 60. And Peter said, man, I know not what thou sayest. And immediately while he yet spake, the cock crew. Look at this, verse 61. And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said, Unto him before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. Here's the part that Luke picked up on and wrote about that Matthew didn't. And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. So while they had him, while he was arrested, while he was in control of the adversary, 
he turned and looked at Peter when Peter denied him the third time. And both of their eyes looked at each other. And that's when Peter realized, oh, man, he was right. I just denied him three times. And he looked and acknowledged that. And I thought that was very interesting. And so I want to tell you this today. One look from Jesus can change everything in your life. Jesus is looking at you, but if you would just take that one look and look back at Jesus and you all look to each other like this, can you just think about people that you know how sometimes you can just look at each other and you know what you're thinking. You can just look at each other and say, wow, okay, we know what's going on. One look like that toward Jesus and you will begin to realize what can be possible in your life and maybe Jesus is not physically here for you to look at but when you look into the word of God you're looking at Jesus and one look toward Jesus will change your heart will change your mind will change your outlook on everything one look one look you know we like to say this we need to do that with Jesus Because that's what happened to Peter. Peter denied him thrice. And when he denied the cock crew, and Peter did this, and Jesus was doing this. And that's when he bowed his head. And that's when he began to weep and begin to say, oh, God, as much as I talk junk and all that stupid talk, I'm so ignorant. I'm so foolish. I'm so stupid. I messed up. I sinned, Lord, because I did not listen to you. I was trying to tell you who is God, what I was going to do. Can you imagine? We do it now. Even though it seems crazy, we do it now. Try to tell God what we want him to know instead of us listening to him. See, God, let me tell you this. That's what we do a lot. See, God, let me tell you. Let me tell you something, God. And we go on and on and on, and we haven't learned from Peter because that's what he tried to do. Let me tell you something, God. Though all of those people will deny you, oh, God, not me. You know I go on the ground with you. That's, that's how he was talking. And today we're still doing it some kind of way. Let me tell you something, God. I know your words said blah, 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 but let me tell you something. That's not going to end well for any of us when we're trying to tell God something. When we're trying to approach God by telling him something. Because he's God Almighty and he's all-knowing. We can't tell him anything. What we can do is ask him things. What are we going to tell him? What can you tell God that God don't know? If God is looking everywhere and looking at everybody, what can you tell him that he doesn't know? The Bible call him omniscient. You know what that means? All-knowing. The Bible calls him omnipresent. You know what that means? He's everywhere. The Bible calls him omnipotent. You know what that means? He's all-powerful. What are we going to tell him? What do we need to insert? What, how do we need to, what, what do we need to tell him? One look from Jesus can change everything. One look from Jesus will cause you to sorrow and repent of your sins and failure. If we would only look at Jesus as he is looking at us, we would not stay in our failure. The reason why we stay in our failure is because we never look at him. 
The reason why we stay in our failures is because we never look at him. What do you mean, preacher? We never look at his word. You want a big one? Here's a bigger one. The people that are filled with his spirit and live in that spirit-filled life, you don't want to see them either. Because they're carrying him inside of them. So when you see them, you get a little glimpse of him. So Brother Sharp probably noticed, Sister Sharp probably noticed, back in the day when people kind of backslid from church, when they saw the pastor, and he felt down, I don't want him seeing me. Or they see some real good saint of God, like, oh, ooh, let me wait, let me let, let her go by. She gone by. You walk the total opposite way. I know I'm telling the truth. And so that means you don't want to look at Jesus. You're not interested in looking at Jesus because a spirit-filled individual or the word of God is a glimpse of Jesus. And when you're in your situation that you don't want to come out of, you don't want to look at him. Because you know one look from him and you looking at him is going to convict your heart and will challenge you to want to be changed, to want to get out, to want to be delivered. You don't want to look at him. So you just keep living your life saying, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. You don't want to show up in church. You don't want to see nobody that's saved, that's really living. You don't want that. You'll be around everybody else. Because you, you don't look at Jesus when you see everybody else that don't have Jesus. You don't pick this up and read it. Because you don't want to look into the law of liberty is what the Bible says it is. And so, 2 Corinthians 7 and 10. For godly sorrows work at repentance to salvation, not to repentance of, but the sorrow of the world work at death. Can I tell you this? That one look from Jesus caused Peter to weep and repent. If you never look at Jesus, you will never repent. When you see Jesus, you will weep and repent of your sins and acknowledge your failures. After weeping and repentance, you will be able to start fresh. Somebody say fresh. You will be able to start fresh and brand new, leaving your sins and failures behind and moving ahead into your destiny, which is in Christ Jesus. When you look at Jesus and he looks at you, you get a way out of your failures. He will bring you out of that situation and he will make you brand new, start you over again, give you a fresh start if, if you look at him. Jesus later restored Peter and the other disciples in him. Here is something interesting that you got to look at. Jesus, all of that went on. And Jesus says, I'm still good. I knew you would do it. This is why Jesus can say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. This is why, oh God, what a revelation. What a revelation. I read in scripture two people that said that, Jesus and Stephen. And I've chosen, I'm not them, I'm not even close to them. But that's something that helps me, Tony. I tend to look at people that do me wrong or do wrong. I use that statement. They don't really know what they're doing. It is so safe to use that statement. And I'm not, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? I'm not trying to 
can't think of the word that I want, want to use. But, but when I say that, I'm, I'm not just saying it just to say it. I'm saying it because I really believe it in my heart that when I look at someone that mess up, I don't look at them and say, I can't believe. I look at them and say, well, they probably just don't know. Because if they knew, it'd be different. And I believe that's how Jesus looked at us or looking at us. They don't really know. Because if they really know, they would do something different. And, and I implore you that you use that kind of understanding in how you approach when you see people in a situation jammed up. They don't really know. Instead of assuming that they know what they're doing wrong, you need to say they don't really know. If you do that, you will stay safe. Your heart stay right. Your heart stay right. But when you start thinking that they know and how dare them, oh, you're playing with danger. And so Jesus restored them. He restored them. Clearly here, look at Mark chapter 16, verse 7. But you, but go your way, tell his disciples and Peter that he goeth before you in Galilee. There shall ye see him as he said unto you. So Jesus later on says, tell the disciples and Peter to meet me. I want to eat with them. John 21, verse 15 through 17. So when they had dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. One time. He said unto him, Feed my lambs. He said unto him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my sheep. Two times. Verse 17, he said unto him, Third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest all things. Surely it's very interesting how detailed our Lord is. Peter denied him three times. When he restored Peter, right there in the scripture, he asked Peter three times, do you love me, Peter? He didn't ask Peter two times. He didn't ask Peter one time, do you love me? He said, Peter, do you love me? Three times. I said, Jesus, you something else. So three times he asked him, and then guess what? Peter proved that he had learned his lesson. Peter said, you know all things. <laughs> Man, I got to fist bump Peter when I get to heaven. I, I'm going to fist bump him on that one. Like, Pete, I watched that thing. I read that thing, and I thought that was interesting. That that time, instead of you saying something dumb, like, you know I love you, and I'll never deny you, you said, Lord, you know it's all things. So he covered himself that time. That's what he needed to say the first time around, okay? That's what he should have said the very first time when Jesus said, you're going to deny me three times. He should have said way back then, you're right, because you know all things. But he waited until he went through all that failure. Why? Because I told you, as people of God, we're going to experience failures in our life so we understand that we're not invincible and we need Jesus. We're not invincible. We need Jesus. And we're going to experience that. 
And so here we go. I'm closing here. So Peter got restored. And as Peter got restored, Peter now was chosen by God to preach the first message to the church. Nobody else did that but Peter. He preached the first message to the church on the day of Pentecost. And so in Acts chapter uh, 2, verse 14, it says, But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea and all that ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken unto my words, for these are not drunken as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour, but this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last day, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And thy sons and thy daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see vision, and young men and old men shall dream dreams. Peter went on and preached all the way up to where he told them, repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. And so Peter preached the first message to the church. And so I close with this. Peter messed up. He got restored. God restored him. But my question to you is, What do you think about those people that saw Peter hiding, lying, and cursing, denying Jesus? What about those people that he was around? He cursed, he lied, and he denied Jesus. So my question to you today is, don't you think when God raised him up, recovered him, and used him in the church, you don't think those people were saying, how in the world he preaching? How in the world he's supposed to be no Christian? He cussed. He denied his Messiah. He lied. You could mess up a whole lot, but Jesus can restore you. The failed situation, the failed circumstance, Jesus can renew you, can get you out of that situation and make it brand new so you can start over fresh again. He can do it for you if you will trust him. You just got to trust him and call on his name and not let pride get the best of you. Don't let failure define you. Don't let it. It doesn't have to be. If you don't want it to, it don't have to be. It doesn't matter what the situation is. I'm talking to somebody today that if you will hear me, you're going to come out of your situation brand new like you never thought you would. God knows how to clean up mess better than anybody else. (laughs) All right, you don't believe that. The online people believe that? Did anybody say thank you, Jesus, online? Maybe they believe God know how to clean up mess. All right. So let me under, let me let me explain this to you. I appreciate the text that we have gone through, and how we can see that we're all going to fail. We're all going to find ourselves jammed up, but if we will look to the Lord. We will understand that he can get us out and he will get us out. He will make a way for us to get out. And so I want you to forget about your mistakes and your failures and all of that you have done wrong. Today, it can be different for you. 
All you have to do is look to Jesus as he's looking at you. And it can be different for you. Stand with me. The final thing that I appreciated about Jesus. That one look. Let me tell you what was special about that. A lot of things were special, obviously. And it was special how that Peter allowed that conviction of saying, man, I messed up. I should just listen to him. And he allowed that to cause him to repent and make it right again with God. But the other thing that is amazing is that while God was going through his most challenging moments, he was not looking at the people that was beating him. He was not looking at the people that was mistreating him. He was not looking at the situation, how it was just bad. He was looking at the ones he loved. And so I'm here to tell you today, God's eyes is on you. What does he say? You're the apple of his eye. God's eyes is on you. And we saw that played out as he was being arrested and taken and punished. His eyes was up on the one he loved. His eyes was up on Peter. And so he was saying, I'm not worried about these people. I got to go through what I got to go through. But what I what I do care about is you. What I am worried about is you. What I'm concerned about is you. And if God can be concerned about us while he's going through such grave situation. What is he doing right now? What is he doing right now? Don't let failure define you. You're going to fail. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to find yourself in a bad situation sometimes. You're going to be embarrassed sometimes. But if you would not allow pride to stay in your life and you will call on the name of Jesus, you will overcome it. You will get through it and you will start brand spanking new and not just start new. God will use you to do something powerful in him. He didn't just restore Peter. He made Peter preach the first message to the church. He didn't just make him brand new. He says, I'm not just. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Thank God. So here's something to understand about that. This is why. Again, revelation here. This is why. You're not just in this to be saved. That's what he just dropped in my spirit. If you were just in this to be saved, when he restored Peter, he just would have restored him. He restored Peter and called him to preach the most powerful message in the Bible. Today, we're still preaching that message. All those years ago, he called Peter to preach the most powerful message to the church. God is not just interested in saving you. He's interested in saving you and using you. Oh, my God. I think we ought to worship the Lord for that. He is not just interested in just saying, okay, you're saved. I got you out of your situation. Okay, no longer you're failing. You're doing all right. He's not just interested in that. He wants to use you mightily and miraculously. That's what he did for Peter, and he wants to do the same for you.
Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift our hands, we lift our hearts. For God, what can we say? Your love is uncomprehendable. We don't understand how great your love is. We don't understand, almighty God, the depths of your love. For God, what you have shown us, what you have revealed to us is beyond our understanding at times, beyond our comprehension at times. And God, I am truly grateful and indebted to you that you love me so much, Lord God, that in your worst moment, Lord God, you're looking to me. In your worst moment, Lord God, your eyes are on me, Lord God. And oh God, how much can I say thank you for that, Lord God. And oh my God, I realize that you didn't just want to make me whole. You didn't just want to restore me, but you wanted to use me just like you did with Peter. And I pray today for this church, Lord God, individually and collectively. I pray, Lord God, that every person will get a revelation in this place that you're not just wanting to save them, but you want to save them and use them mightily and miraculously. I pray today that somebody will receive and respond to the word of God and that your faith will cause them to go to a new dimension in you. I pray today, God, that there will be a move of your spirit in our hearts and in our mind. And Lord, that you will order our steps today. Help us, Lord. Save us, will you, Lord? Move in us today, Lord God, like you have never done. For God, we don't want to, oh God, be lost. We don't want to remain in our failure. But we want to be, oh God, led out of our situation. We want to be led out of our situation. We want to be led out of our failure. Oh God, we want to be victorious. We want to be successful in you. We want to take our rightful place in you. We want to be in you and not in ourselves. Oh, God, have your way. Oh, God, have your way. I pray, God, that we will not leave this place without allowing you to do what you want to do. Oh, God, bless this congregation, those that are here. Those that are online, bless them, Lord. Keep them, Lord. Let your face shine upon them and be gracious unto them, Lord. Oh, God, have your way. Have your way, Lord. Have your way, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Somebody lift your hand before we go from this place today. Lift your hand and just worship him. Just worship him. Just say, thank you, Jesus. Just say, Lord, I love you. Lord, I love you. Lord, I honor you. Lord, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your mercy, your kindness, your grace. Oh, there is none like you. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, have your way today. Jesus. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Jesus. Oh, God. We adore you. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Oh, blessed be your name. Somebody commit your life to the Lord today. Somebody look to Jesus. Repent of your sins. 
turn your back towards your mistakes, your failures, your sin. Turn your back and let God lead you in a place of restoration. Let God lead you to a place of deliverance. Let God lead you to a place of wholeness. Let God use you finally and miraculously in his kingdom. Oh, God, have your way. Oh, I love you. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Fathers, we go from this place. Will you keep your hand upon us? Let no harm nor danger come to us. But help us, help us to live out this message. Help us to live out this word that we've heard today. And not allow it just to be another message. But help us to live it out. Help us, Almighty God, to apply it in our lives. To give you honor and praise from this message. Lord, bless this church. Bless your people. Give them strength, Lord God. I thank and praise you. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Somebody thank the Lord today. Somebody thank the Lord today. Oh, hallelujah. Thank the Lord today. Let God have his way. God bless you. Whenever you're ready, God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Oh, thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Have your way, Jesus.
But he says, I am looking to. He says, with just one, I see my son and daughter. And I don't have to second guess. I don't have to second look with just one. On Calvary, you looked at me. On Calvary. 